All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only... You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What <laughs> Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air. Let's go. Oh, 
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Got me with the YouTube ads. Cheese brought to you uh, by the great folks over at Montana's. I have never been thrown off so much in my life with that. Uh, different ad read, different ads <laughs> I coming in. just look at you and it's like, whoops. <laughs> oh, you just wait. We got a special Montana's read. Okay. Yes. So uh, this is the Canucks Conversation Podcast. My name is Dave Guadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place, uh, Chris Faber. Back behind the controls is our regular technical producer, Alex Allard. Uh, and Alex was showing us something before this. And, and uh, Alex wasn't showing you, he was scaring us. He was scaring us because, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it, but, uh, you know, our jobs mm. are uh, take, being taken over by this bot. What's it okay. called? Alex, what's it called? Tell us. Chat. Chat GPT, there it is. Uh, for the podcast listeners, Alex brought it up on the screen. Basically, what it is is it's this uh, this platform, this uh, tool. I guess I think he's a tool. It's AI, yeah, AI, exactly. Haven't you seen X Machina? I know how this ends. Yep. Um, basically, you can put in any input into it, and it'll spit out a piece of content. You can tell how many words you want it to be. Uh, and we playing around before the show, we put in uh, give us a business proposal about a Canucks. Uh, Pokemon themed podcast mm. and it was the most detailed thing we'd ever seen it was unbelievable and I was like this would take one of us at least 30 minutes to write and even then we'd have to 20 edit- for me yeah yeah okay we'd have to edit it a bunch to make it look like that anyways it got spit out like right away so what we're doing today is Montana's- with this chat GPT we're asking it to give us a Montana's ad read and we're gonna just see um, what happens so go ahead Alex give it give it to us let's uh, see I'll, I'll read it here you're the reading guy? Sure. Okay, you got it. So Alex is typing in, give us a Montana's restaurant commercial ad read. Uh, and we will quickly just, it kind of spits it out. Um, and I'll read it as it goes. Here we go. Welcome to Montana's Barbecue and Bar. Come join us for a taste of the West with our mouth-watering barbecue, ribs, juicy steaks, and homemade burgers. Oh. Our menu has something for everyone with options for vegetarians, too. Vegetarians. Come by for a casual family dinner or for a night out with friends. Our friendly staff will make sure you have a great dining experience. Don't forget to try our famous pulled pork and our delicious iced tea. Come visit us today at 123 Main Street. Wow. So that's wrong. Uh, and see why we're the best barbecue in town. Uh, mention this ad well, and get okay, a free yeah, don't appetizer. Don't yeah, we that can't part. say That's that. That's made up. And, and I'll tell you this. Mention this ad. It's all you can eat ribs at, at, at Montana. <laughs> exactly. Today. I'll tell you this. We can't be replaced. Well, we could if we put in the right thing, if yeah, we put in more up. detail. But there is more detail to uh, our ad that we're going to tell you about Montana's. Uh, we've told you about the daily specials. Monday, daily half price wings. Tuesday, kids eat for $2. Wednesday is all you can eat ribs. Thursday, it's drink specials. Seven locations. Fort St. John, Kelowna, Langley, Nanaimo, Prince George, Tawasin, and of course, the capital of the province, Victoria, British Columbia. Now, Montana's, uh, we've talked about it before. You head over there. You go pick up the wings. It's a subject of our sub poll question now we're putting today. this to rest i'm right you're okay i haven't looked at the poll but i'm assuming you're not we'll see we'll see what the poll says um that's what we're going to talk about today it's, it's in the sub poll question but uh yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to the kuzmenko stuff because this morning pierre lebrun of the athletic came out with some stuff about brock besser teams are getting more um more serious about their interest in brock besser on the trade market well, i'll save the kuzmenko stuff off the top and kuzmenko talk. well well hang on because check it's the important. ticker bud it's important I, I i get it we'll get to it in a sec but i'm just i'm prefacing by yeah. saying um i used to say that word is prefacing um kuzmenko people are talking about him as being someone that uh teams are looking at to trade for and it makes sense we'll talk about it later though okay 
First up on the docket today, Chris, is this tanking fresh off a Vancouver Canucks loss in monumental fashion, oh, I might add, um, to the Pittsburgh Penguins last night on Tuesday night after chasing Casey DeSmith early in the game. Uh, Dustin Tokarski, there's a name that I didn't think I'd be saying or hearing for a while. Dustin Tokarski comes in, shuts the door, lets in one goal. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, the Canucks are up 3 nothing, and there's been, like, jokes throughout the season when the Canucks are up 2 nothing or up by two goals where you're like, like, ah, you know, it's a 2 nothing lead. The worst lead in hockey is a Canucks 2 nothing lead. There was, like, 3 nothing for Vancouver. I don't think there was very many people, if anybody at all, that was confident that the Canucks were going to just come out and win that game. I, I would actually say further to that, that I think they're – was and should have been, and I know a lot of people like this, I'm not going to name names, but I know people that watch this team regularly, that when they see the team get out to a lead, they go and put like a $5 wager or whatever, yep. using Betway, of course, yep. um, whatever it is, if, if they gamble, and you know, I don't really, personally, but if they do... I know a lot of people that are just betting on the Canucks to blow a lead and it's happening and they're like, it's happening a lot and I'm not encouraging people to say, Oh go, it's perfect. It's foolproof, but probably better than my bets of the day, to be honest, it's happening a lot that when the Canucks get a lead, they just blow it. Like, okay, here, here's what I want to know when the Canucks have had a multi-goal lead and we'd have to go back and find this. And, and you know, if a listener knows or is, has done it or it's on Twitter and I've just missed it, how many games have the Canucks won where they go out to a multi-goal lead before the third period, right? And they enter the third period and hold that lead and win the game. How many are, How many has it been? Are you going to Google it? Yeah, no, I can get you that, yeah. Okay. Uh, we should ask the chat bot, the chat GP. No, he's not. Or he might. She not. She's no, not. Whatever. He, he's a tool. Is it? Yeah, he's a tool. That's what I said okay. earlier. No, I mean... It's you don't just, have to find the stat right now. Well, I can get you the stat. You just got to give me a quick second. Well, I can, I can keep talking. It's my it's one of my strengths. All right. Uh, the chat. I can give you what they are when they're leading after two periods. Okay. They're three, one, and two. Okay. Or sorry, they're eight, one, and three overall when leading after two Yeah, periods. but those aren't all multi-goal leads. It's no. okay. But you get the point. My yeah. point is, is that they've probably b- blown more multi-goal leads this season. I think they're up to 10. Well, after 20 minutes when they're leading, they've lost more games than they've won. So after 20 minutes, if they have a lead, they've lost more than they've Checks won. Checks out. That's wild. That, that is wild. So bad. And, and here's when they're the losing, thing. they're 6-8, and eight, which is like a very similar record to their what they're actually like when they're winning. Here's the thing, Chris, is, and, and this is getting, I feel like this is going to start to get talked about more and more as we kind of expected it would in the month of January, but there is, there is this idea in the market that a rebuild means that you have to trade Elias Patterson, you have to trade Quinn Hughes, and you have to commit to five years, three years, four years, whatever, of just absolute pain, and the team is going to be like pain of a rebuilding team. Different pain than what the Canucks have right now, let's be clear, okay? that There's this idea around the market that that's what's going on, but you're watching that right now, this team, and again, we're, we're asking if this is tanking, this is the stealth tank. They are not trying to lose games, but guess what? They're losing games, and they're losing games to these teams that are better than them and that we knew are better than them. And like we, we talked about the January schedule and said, like, they're going to lose a lot of these games, and, and that is happening. So now they have to allow this to happen with their 
trade deadline ideas, it has to be fueled by this. It has you have to go all in That's on the tank this year. Yeah, and a lot of people are looking at these losses and saying, like, you know, this is what this team needs, right? Like this this team needs to get absolutely shellacked on this road trip for for them to finally face come to the, the realization music. and face the music, like you said. Look, let's get the standings up here, what they're at right now with the Canucks. It's not like it's wild because, like, it's January 11th, and when I talk about bringing up the standings, I was really hoping that it would be something more along the lines of, like, how close they are to a playoff spot, right? Like, like when I brought up the standings in January 11th, I was hoping that this team would be battling at least for a wild card spot, but they're nowhere near it. They're 26 in the league, you know, battling up against the Montreals and the Sharks and, and Coyotes of the world where... You're just getting into the conversation for Connor Bedard, and I think that's honestly what the the best thing can have with this team. Because I don't know, man. Like, it, the best player for the tank right now is Tyler Myers. What he did last night, what he's done on a handful of the last, like I can't remember the last half decent game from Tyler Myers. He's been horrendous on on being on the ice for goals against right now. Whether it be five on five or on the penalty kill, if he's on the ice, he's getting scored on two, three, four times a game. Like, you can't do that if you tried almost in, in the NHL. Like, it, it's wild to me how how this team, like, defensively, and I think it was – let's get the Drance thread up here because this was interesting. The, the Canucks game last night, by a lot of different metrics, you could say, and like Drance said in his final part of his tweet, by the numbers, I think you can pretty safely describe Vancouver's performance against the Penguins on Tuesday night as the worst single defensive effort we've seen from any NHL team this season that's that's horrendous man they gave up 50 scoring chances on tuesday night and people are like why is spencer martin yeah, so bad like, well spencer <laughs> martin's not good the dude faced 50 scoring <laughs> chances like the canucks could have been losing that first period like seven to three like legitimately there was there's you know it's not like martin saved the game for them but he saved them from from getting demolished remember when people got all mad at me when i suggested trading demko because you'd get to see what this team actually is right we're seeing it right now. Yeah. Like we're seeing what this team is right now. Thatcher Demko is going to return, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that changes things when Demko returns. He won't play on this road trip, and you know he's only been on the ice I think twice. Maybe he was on today. I don't know. Uh, actually, they didn't practice today, so probably not. But yeah, I noticed they didn't write day off today either. Back to this, wrote, no practice, no practice. Back to this idea of the Canucks shutdown pair with Tyler Myers and Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh. Last night, shut down your playoff hopes. That pairing was legitimately unplayable. Like the Canucks could not play that pair and expect any sort of positive results because it wasn't happening and it hasn't been happening this year. And I like, look, I I, I know Ekman Larson and Myers got criticized a lot last year, and I was I was ready to defend Tyler Myers especially a lot last year. But what we're seeing right now is such a far cry from them just being. Good to, like, solid to good, I would say, was what they were last year. They're legitimately unplayable right now. Like, they, they can't do anything as no. a pairing. and they, They're they going to have to be split up because they're giving up so many goals. But even when they split them up, like, they weaken whatever pairing they're on. You're right, yeah. And these are your two highest paid guys. This is a massive problem. Like, again, and, and we brought it up on the last show, the idea that, um, buying out Ekman Larson won't happen because ownership wouldn't pay for it, right? You have to at that point. Like you, yeah, you see know. what he's doing this year. All Ekman Larson's not getting younger. I don't think he's going to turn it around anytime soon. I don't think it's a matter of, 
Well, if you just get him a better partner, he'll be a he'll be a better defenseman. Yeah, he's I, not going to age gracefully into his mid thirties, I don't think, from what we've seen yeah. so far. The only thing for me is like I don't know. I just I think a buyout hurts his team because it's so long, right? Who like, cares? It is so you're, long, dude, but if you're able to hold on to half and trade him to somebody, even if somebody wants to pay him who, three million to play for who? them, and he has to waive his no move, to I don't get, know. But to I, go there. that's who? why I'm like you're gonna have to give up the value almost of what you gave to get him in the first place. Like again, you yeah, but no team's to, gonna do Connor Garland to all of exactly. It's retained. like it's not like you're getting a player that can even play in your roster for that situation. That trade will go down as one of the worst in history. Think about it this way: of like, like hockey history, hockey history. Like you, ju- you just said. Like, you'd have to give up what you what you had to give up to get Ekman, Larson, and Garland. To get another team to take those two players, you would have to give up a first-round pick and get nothing in return. And you know what else I'm saying is they would have to give up the draft picks. Yep. They would have to also retain half of his contract yep. to make it three. So they're sitting on another $3 million for the next four years. Oh, man. Like, it, it it's so bad. And I don't think he's turning it around anytime soon. It's so bad. Can we talk about Kuzmenko? Uh, yeah, quickly. Oh we want to get the sinks. People are expecting at one fifteen. Linus Carlson was supposed to join us today. Uh, he's unable to. Yeah, was sick uh, oh, okay. at practice. Wasn't today. sure if we were going to say. No, that. he was yeah. sick at practice today, so he went home. Um, but we'll we'll circle back with Abbotsford next week. We'll have somebody from Abbotsford. Um, they're they're at home next week for three games. They got Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Against uh, Mr. Pike over there, his uh, his Wranglers, Wranglers are in town. Also, why wouldn't Corey Anderson brought this up in the chat? Why wouldn't you buy out um, OEL? I don't get it because because the buyout cuts the cap hit by half at its highest point. So you're already getting instead of retaining half, you're doubling the years though. Who cares? The cap's going up, uh, and you can you sh- look. You hey, know. if the alternative is to Keep Ekman Larson for these years, which it is. Let's be honest. Like this, yeah, this we have it up, land, Alex. You can pull it up. I have the OEL buyout in the, uh, but somewhere even, in the work. Sure, but there. even even if you also Kevin Punish said you'd have to give up Lakaramaki too. I'm glad he Probably. said too. It could be a lot more than Lakaramaki and OEL to get a team to take OEL. Like, there's no sense giving up the assets in this in this scenario. Like, I would much rather have the longer cap hit of what five million. Right, long term, like I would much rather have that on the books than I would having Oliver Ekman Larson there, like, and, and giving up assets to get rid of him. I, no, I can't if, wrap my head around that. No, but that's the thing. If you were to buy him out for the next season, mm-hmm. like buy him out this summer, this summer, yep. There's going to be a savings, uh, a money cap save, like just money wise. Here we go. You got a savings of eight million dollars, but the cap hit's still going to be. 146, and then it goes up to two, then up to four, then up to four again, and then you have four years of 2.1. Who cares? So Who like, cares? Yeah. That's in 28, 29. 27, 20, but it's like, Look. how many times can you push these things down the road until you, hey. just, re- you just need to eat it sometimes, the, man? And that's why I'm saying if you were to trade him and retain half, you're only retaining half of the 7.16 that he's making, okay? So you're trading that. You're retaining on the 3.6 somehow. Dude, you're that, not... You you are not gonna want to give up those assets like that is right. that is the now definition of the kicking it down the road even more right like that is the definition of it you're trading assets to get out of this mistake you made no like eating it like you just said I agree with you you do have to eat this one you have to take it on the chin here the way to do that is with a buyout absolutely like 
I'm not. I'm not even going to entertain this idea of giving up a, a bunch of assets to get out of Oliver Ekman Larson's contract. Half of it to boot. It's just, it's it's unfortunate that we are going to see this money affect the team in 2031. Yep, that's a really unfortunate thing to do. Yeah, well, we'd re- would you rather see the money affect him affect them in 2031, or would you rather see Oliver Ekman Larson try to defend till 2028? Well, yeah. Well, 2027. He'll he'll be done. Okay. His contract's up in 2027. That's what I'm until saying. he has a bounce back year and they re-sign him. But then even then, you're you're saving what under three million dollars in a couple of those day, years. You're saving quite a bit in the next two years. But that just it's to me it feels like is that a short term fix, right? Because then you get eight million dollars saving on the next next year's cap. Is that going to be like oh hey if we buy out OEL, you know we can re-sign Horvat, right? And it's like, yeah, but then it's all about the moves that happen After. that coincide with Look, OEL's situation, whether it be retaining half and finding a team to take him for a draft pick or buying him out. Either way, you're paying for it long term. It's just kind of which path do you kind of have that supports you to go down that way instead? Like, what are the coinciding moves? I will not. There? I will not entertain the idea of. Oh well, they shouldn't make this smart move because they might misuse the cap space that becomes available to them. I'm not. I'm not going to entertain that because that's not. That's not our job. That's not our job to no. say. Oh well. Well, they actually shouldn't do this because we think they're going to screw it up further uh, by doing something else that's not going to work out long term. It's just. It's not a. It's not an easy thing. Like it's, no, and you know, we're going to have lots of conversations. Oh, about absolutely, it. lots of conversations. But it's just. It feels like there's multiple sigmoids turning points with OEL's contract and his future where you don't know, like it's going to hurt one way or the other. A buyout's going to hurt you, but you know, the way that you put it out, it does make sense. Hey, the cap's going to go up quite a bit. The cap's going to look very different in 2030. How much does $2 million affect you? Sure. But do you need to start talking about a JT Miller buyout in 2026? Like, are, is that something you need to also think about? Cause then you're buying, you're just having dead money and dead money can kill you in this league. Like that is, that is one of the most difficult things for a general manager to use. So, let's talk about... We'll uh, talk about it lots. Uh, Linus yeah, Carlson lots not joining to us today. Uh, let's run the Tankathon before we get to the poll question. Right. Let's see it. Tankathon. Um, uh, do I even have it up? No, I don't. I'll get right, it. Well, uh, you take your time. Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to run this thing a little bit here. Oh, Alex. Okay. Alex. Alex is way quicker than you, bud. Yeah, he is. All right, and Alex runs it, and Arizona jumps up and gets the first pick. Oh, good for them. Canucks stay put at seventh, but hey, folks, if they uh, keep losing... Right? Arizona jumped up from fourth. If the Canucks were now in seventh... Shoot for top four, man. Yeah. If you can get yourself into that top four, you're laughing. You're probably getting Mitch Kov at some point, too. Yeah, exactly. Whether he drops or not. And then that would force him to be patient, as we've talked about Oh, then you can just (laughs) let the OEL years just, like, you know, roll through. (laughs) Yeah, he'll come by the end of OEL. Give Pedersen all the money and uh, just let it ride out. But with... Let's get to the poll question, then. Yeah, okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Okay, our poll question uh, brought to you by the great folks at Atlas Goods. Go oh, to yeah, good at- folks. atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Locally owned and operated right out of beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. Beautiful there. Um, Atlas Goods. Check them out, folks. Our poll question today. Should the Canucks trade or sign Andre Kuzmenko to an extension? Let's see what Alex votes with. Our options today are trade him, extend him, and as always, I'm angry. Yep. Where's oh, Alex going here? Alex is really thinking about this. Yeah, one. he's thinking about it. Alex is asking the well, uh, bot. I, I got no. There's no like. What are we extending? Like a one year deal? Yeah, I know. This okay. Is how- okay. 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 This is a quads <laughs> poll question. Settle down. I get it from everybody. Someone replied to the uh, poll question and said there really should be a dollar value in the question, which was a good point. So I said, okay, let's say it's a rumored bridge deal. Uh, this also coming off the heels of Pierre LeBrun's report in the Athletic this morning about uh, how Kuzmenko could probably get a bridge deal at six million. Starts with a six. Let's say that. Okay. Um, two to three years at six million. Trade or sign Kuzmenko. Where are you going, Alex? And like, what are you, what are you trading him for, Tyler Mott? Or are you? Oh no, getting... you're getting first plus. Yeah, you're getting first plus because what uh-huh. what LeBron said in the Athletic is that this is a guy who's it's such a rare opportunity for a contending team in a cap strapped league right now where nobody can really afford to make any big moves. You're adding a guy who's making under a mil on the cap, and he's legitimately going to be a 20-goal scorer by the time the deadline rolls around. Like, this guy might put up 30 goals this year. You're, you're never going to get an opportunity to do this for for many years. You're not going to get an opportunity to trade for a guy like this. So we're expecting that any trade um, trade partner would be giving up some, over a first-round pick, like a first-round pick plus. Yeah. Okay. Now you have all that information, Alex. Okay. Let's see, let's see your choice. He's been typing all this into the into the chat thing. And that's <laughs> the, thing. the bot. So Alex, you go. Alex goes with extend him. Okay, and 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 it's interesting because the guy that I replied to, uh, where I said two, the three results years are interesting mil, too. The results are. I'll get to those in a sec. He said I would sign him two to three years at six million. I would not personally. No. Um, but first, let's get to the results. Fifty-five uh, percent of voters saying trade him. Thirty percent saying extend him. Fifteen percent say they are just flat out angry. Uh, with the state of this team right now. So I would not sign him, Chris, and I would not sign him to a two- to three-year deal at $6 million. Now, the reason for this is that I think Kuzmenko's camp is going to have... They're basically going to have two two options here, 
right? Uh, when it comes to signing another NHL contract, because obviously he's a UFA at the end of the year. The option is, like we said, a bridge deal starting with a six, two to three years, six million. You could probably he could probably get that. Maybe it's like a high fives, right? Probably he could get that, but. If he goes out, and let's say, yeah, I think he's got 35 points through 39 games so far this season at the time of this recording. If he goes out and puts up another season where he's at or near a point-per-game player, right, he could get a lot of money. And my point oh, yeah. is is that you're either going to do a bridge deal if you're Andre Kuzmenko or you're going to do a one-year show-me deal where he goes out and proves it again, Right. You're looking at a huge payday. You're looking at the cap potentially going up and teams having a better idea, at the very least, of where the cap is going and how much cap space they can plan for down the road. Like, if you're doing that, right, if you if you, if he takes a one-year deal next year to go prove it again, I would I would sign that deal, I think. I think the Canucks. Yeah, I think the Canucks can sign that deal. Yeah, and I think that's something where if that's the road that they want to go down, the Canucks are absolutely in the equation if he hits free agency. Yeah. So if, if you trade him... Yeah, this like everyone's like, oh, trade you know, s- you know, trade him and then sign him in free agency. That, that's like the dream of everyone. I actually see this scenario being one where it's possible. He, come on, no, seriously, like it doesn't work for anyone else, but it might work for us. Like, I just think that Kuzmenko chose here when he had the option with other with thirty two teams total. Could thirty two teams give him the real thought that he's going to play with an Elias Pettersson quality player? And if he does need to prove himself for another year and he's, you know, going to charge $6 million for that one year, it's not like he's going and being like, oh yeah, I'm going to go prove it again with McDavid and take 950 K. It's like, no, I'm going to prove it again with Pedersen at 6 million. So the one year deal for the Canucks in the free agency this coming summer, isn't that far? Well, I mean, to me? he would a get trade and sign. No, is, no, is no. He would get those offers. The one year, 7 million, even six, right, million, whatever sure. he'd get those from other teams. He's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. But if he's proving himself again, does it make sense for him to go to Arizona on a one year, $8 million deal? No, but it, you just use the Oilers as an example. Sure. But did the Oilers have another seven, $8 million to throw around to a guy that they're taking a one year risk on? Well, okay. Let's not get into all the cap situations right now. I'm oh, just right. saying, we're just talking about a contract. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying that there's going to be teams out there that are going to be looking to sign this guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's going to be opt. I, I don't think this idea of, Oh, he might come back after they trade him. I don't even think that's worth talking about. That's really? a pipe dream. I think that the, when has that happened? I don't know. Not with the Canucks, but, but how but often have they in... signed the top guy to the KHL okay. who's had success okay. when he sure. was very questioned this, going into the season? What you're describing happens in the MLB. Can you please show me an example of it happening in the NHL? And, and, and even further, can you show me an example of it happening with a Dan Milstein client? Mm, no, because it hasn't happened. But the, So you think if, the Canucks are going to be the ones to figure this out? Did you think the Canucks are going to be the ones that signed him off the top? Like, that was something that wasn't... It was, you know, a front-running team, but I just think that he's comfortable here. He's been able to experience sure, North sure. America in his he first does really year away from Russia. He enjoys it here. He enjoys playing with Pedersen. He enjoys the opportunity to be the tap-in specialist on this power play unit. Is he getting all those opportunities anywhere else? Maybe, right? Like, he might be the guy there, but even if we, we brought up the Oilers, if he ends up with the Oilers, do we know he's playing with Connor McDavid? Right? If he starts to struggle for a while, are they talking about... Whoever else playing in front of them, is he, is he on the first power play? He knows what he's going to get with Vancouver. So, I, you know, the relationship between Dan Milstein and Patrick Alvin is also one of the tightest you'll see between agents and 
G- and the GM yep. in the situation of how many deals they actually get done. Uh, Corey Anderson brought this up in the chat. Trading him, I think, hurts the perception of the team to other players and agents around the league. I mean, it doesn't help, but it's like that's the business, though, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that still is the business. And Corey's got another point. Van is a desirable place to play. It's great weather most of the year in an amazing city. Because Menko, he likes to have fun, man. Look at what he's going to do in the summer. Watch his Instagram this summer when he's chilling and, uh, you know, riding out uh, his, what's his little wakeboard things. He's going to have a good time in here. I, I just, I can see it being a possibility. I know it's, you know, it's not, the the president has been set for it to happen often. But this is a situation where I can actually see it being possible for okay. Kismanko to come back. Okay. Um. Regardless, I think the general perception in the chat here is that uh, trading him, if you can get a haul, is... The best course of action for yeah, this Yeah, I'm team. still on the trade camp yeah. for sure. Um, but like, Yeah, I do think the return is going to be... It's going to be first plus plus. That's huge for the Canucks. If they can land that and the Horvat deal, first plus... Th- that's three first-round picks. Like, that. that's that's, that's enough to, like, tank this year. It's, it's and, actually a good news story for the Canucks of how much they could return and quickly yep. add assets. If you want to turn this, this around in a hurry, right? That's if you want to retool yeah. this team... Tank this year, get as many draft picks as you can, and young assets. It doesn't have to all be draft picks, right? Get really young assets that you believe in, because, hey, this management regime's pro scouting has been pretty darn good. Sure. Right? Go out and get these guys that you want, but you have to free up this cap space for yourself. And, and hey, I like Kuzmenko as much as the next guy, but if the only offer on the table is two to three years at $6 million, I'm turning that down because, hey, like... I'm not saying that Kuzmenko is going to fall off a cliff, and I don't think he's at risk of that potentially. But you just never know, and I think there's a lot more and certainty. It's hard with with the winger market too. The winger yeah. market is so up and down, and, and certain there's, years it feels like you you know you look at the Besser deal at the time, and you're like, oh, that feels pretty good. Now they now can't even like, trade him. Oh, they can't even trade the guy. There's a level of certainty that comes from trading Andre Kuzmenko that this exactly. team needs right now. And again, a certainty of value coming back exactly. for I'm years to come. You're getting draft picks and Hey, I'm not saying that draft picks going to turn out and be no. fantastic, but I am saying you're, you have a chance of that, but you're also getting this cap flexibility that we keep hearing this team and this management regime talk about endlessly, how much they need to figure out the cap situation. And it's going to be a while to unravel it. Don't yeah. keep committing money. Like I'd also not look position. at it, I'd look at it a little different. If Kuzmenko was 22, Right, if Kuzmenko was like twenty two, twenty three, and he had this type of chemistry with Elias Patterson, I'd be like, "Hmm, this could be the long time duo." Right, but how do we know what his game's going to look like at thirty one, thirty two, that kind of age? And it's just, how does he look like on another team? Is this just a very good fit for him? This is why he chose here because the fit. Like that's why I can see him coming back in free agency if they do trade him. It's uh, it's not going to ruin his perception of Vancouver if they end up trading him. He's, it's going to be a yeah. little. It's going to be uncomfortable for him, I think, and for, for sure. Petey, as Kai Howard brought up in the show, sure chat. for for Petey as well, I think. But it's going to be uncomfortable. But listen, he's got one of the best agents in the world, Dan Milstein. He's going to make him comfortable. He's going to do. Listen, like you know, I read the Milstein book, bud. He goes over and above for his clients. He's good. He's a good agent there, Dan Milstein, one of the best in the world. Uh, but it it's not going to ruin the opportunity to sign him in free agency if they trade him. Really? Yeah, it won't Is ruin it. Is that part of the solution here? Like, in the next two, three years, you're getting that certainty of a 25-goal score or, like, that first rounder, he, he might not even develop into a third top nine guy. He might not. Like, he might be a Curtis Lazar, you know, right? Because Menko, you're kind of getting some certainty, and he's at least a 25-goal score, going to play well with Pedersen. Yeah, but and you if, know what? You know, if he, 
the Canucks are going to have twenty five going up. That six million yeah. for twenty five thirty goals is not that bad. And and on the other flip side of that, if he starts asking for nine million two years out from here, you signed him to a three, and he's asking for nine million two years out from now, and you go, oh, that's too high. His value would be pretty good, would it not? If he was, if he's asking for nine million, would you be? You'd be probably getting more than a first plus and a a, a couple of prospects. You might be getting even a higher pick at that point. That, and you got to ask yourself: Are the Canucks going to be good in those next two years, next two three years? And that's what I think it comes down to: is I think you have to be honest about where this team's at. Yeah, and I don't think I would... two to three years of Kuzmenko, even playing at his best, like we're seeing him right now. Yeah. I, it doesn't move the needle, and, no, and you know they what? Have five, they're going to have five twenty-five goal scorers this year. Yeah, it and doesn't matter. Like, it what doesn't is, matter. You know, Kuzmenko's going to be one of them, and losing him doesn't like break this team really. To me, it, it, he's the best guy to deal with, right? Like, I, I this is one of my favorite guys to deal with in the room. He's a blast every time we talk to him. I, I love the, you know, love the player, love the person off the rink as well. It's just to me, this is this is like when I talk about certainty of value, is the. The way that, you know, the currency of the NHL is young players, draft picks, and cap space. And you get all three of those if you end up trading Andre Kuzmenko instead of re-signing him. Yeah. And unfortunately, currency, the value of, you know, a winger who can score goals, that's a, that's a you know, a diminishing currency. Like, that's not what it is or what it used to be. It's all about the cap space. And, and it, you know, Alex, you brought up a good point of like the cap space is going up, so that's going to be kind of an interesting shift to what we see as like currency being valued in the NHL. But right now, current date, I just think the certainty is there with whether it's a draft pick in 2024 or it's draft picks down the road or it's even a young player that you draft now and can potentially move in a trade later. That's the thing. It's like that those type of things, those can help fix the big problem that is the Canucks defense more than trading Kuzmenko for a defenseman would be. And I think that you can't find that deal right now, but you can certainly find the value to make that deal in the summertime with the stuff you could get back for Kuzmenko. And that's only if the, listen, we've talked about the return being huge, right? We've talked about the return being massive for Kuzmenko and I expect it to be right. Like for the reasons you mentioned, he could have 25 goals by the time he's traded. He is going to not affect your cap at all as he's making league minimum. These type of things are valuable. And we talked about it last week on the show about the, you know, the returns that we were seeing last year for, for cop and, uh, you know, players that had one goal at the trade deadline returning a second round pick because they had no cap hit. Like, Kuzmenko's return could be massive, and it could be something that really helps set this team up alongside with a Horvat deal for years to come. You just, you, you, you got to do it, I think. I personally. Um, so that, that's our poll question for today. Uh, Atlas Goods, go to atlasgds.com, 15% off your first order of Pop Rinds. If you use promo code CC, that means Cox Convo, 15 uh, fresh pork rinds straight from Marie Cruz oh, or air fryer. Okay, we've got rinds. some odds and ends to get to, uh, and I'll let you kind of take it here. Sure. Okay, I got one graphic up here uh, from the Abbotsford Canucks. Christian Wolainen, he was named to the AHL All-Star Game. He currently leads the AHL in assists. Yes, not defensemen. Literally everyone in the AHL. Nobody has more assists than Christian Wolainen with 35 assists on the season. He's also third in points in the AHL with 39. So shout out Christian Wolainen. We love him. Super Willane and our guy. Uh, so this is his second All-Star game in the AHL. Quads, how many games will we see from Christian Willane in this year at the NHL level? He's been called up. He's practiced. Collected that NHL paycheck, which is, you know, that's beautiful. Barring no injuries? He's got a two-way deal. Zero. He plays zero games. Zero games. Um, they don't even give him someone, a look. Nope. Someone, someone wow. in the chat was like, oh, just send OEL down. 
Full no move clause. OEL cannot be sent down without his permission. Okay. He has to agree to be sent down to Abbotsford. I think he plays some games. Who? Who? Like Olainen in place of who? Quinn Hughes? Travis German? Like I said, I don't know what this team's going to look like in the last 20 games of the year. Are they sending sending down Riley Stillman or Kyle Burroughs to Abbotsford to bring up Olainen? Absolutely send down. Riley Stillman. They could absolutely send down Riley Stillman Who in place of Christian Willian. Second round pick for no, they gave up a second <laughs> to get rid of Dickinson. But like I have, I would have to think. Hey, listen, we got this guy who can't crack the lineup for us, and when he does, he doesn't play well. We also have an AHL All Star who's third in in points in the whole league. Maybe that guy should get a chance because I don't think Riley Stillman's going to go down to the AHL and be the third leading scorer in that league. Or be defending at a much higher level than Willanen because I don't think Willanen is the worst defender either. He's the Canucks. He's the Abbotsford Canucks top penalty killing defenseman. He's the first guy out there all the time. So I think they're going to have to give him a look at some point. And I just think that this team's going to look uh, very different. Uh, I hope at least in in a month or so, you know, two months kind of situation here. But uh, I think you'll see Willanen for a handful of games. Uh, we're going to have a guy, Mike Gould, is going to the uh, AHL All Star game oh, for us. So we'll good. have coverage. Be fun. Off to Laval. Laval. La Belle Provence. Okay. All right. Uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi, he returned to Jur Garden's lineup today back in the uh, Alsvenskan League playing on the third line. Didn't score a goal. Last I saw, they were up 3 nothing, And then the, the most recent time I saw. So that doesn't make sense. Anyways, they were up 3 nothing, just like the Canucks. Guess what, quads? They lost 5-4. to four. You're not paying any attention. I am. Did you hear I, that? I'm trying to pull stuff up too. The Jerk Jerk Gardens was up three nothing in the first period. They lost five to four. So Lacare Mackey's getting the perfect preparation for what uh, Vancouver's going to be like. Let's just hope he gets to the NHL. At that point, cut a little bit of AHL tidbits. I want to get to too. Okay, Niels, the two Niels, Niels Huglander, and Niels Amon. I have a feeling that they're going to stay in the AHL for quite a while. Um, I think that they like to see what these two players are doing to grow their game, to build that confidence and also play together because if they can play well together and can be a bottom six line, you're going to find a lot of value for Niels Huglander in that spot because I don't think he's going to crack the top six for this Canucks team unless he makes massive improvements offensively. But if you can get Amon and Huglander to develop chemistry and play the game, that's a little bit, you know, you got to grind it out in the HL and it's similar to what you're going to see in a bottom six role. If those two can develop chemistry and be third, fourth line guys down the road, I think that's what they like. So I think they're going to lead them in the AHL for a while. I'm not so sure about Vasily Podkolzin. I think he may be back soonish into the NHL. I don't think it's going to be until we see some trades happen, but it's not like they're going to go to, you know, keeping Will Lockwood full time. They're giving him a run right now, Will Lockwood is, but I don't think it's going to be that much longer before you see the Lockwood Pod Coles and Swab, if, unless Lockwood can really take off here. I, I think you're going to see a Lockwood Pod Coles and Swab in the next six weeks ish, unless Lockwood really goes on a run. But I, I just, the way that Pod Colson is showing in the AHL isn't in a similar way to Huglander because I don't know if they found a good fit for Pod Colson. They're playing him in like top line and he, he looks fine a lot of the time. It's just he looks a little bit better when when Pod Colson has a good game at the NHL level. You're like, wow, look at all the good things he's doing. Well, when he has a good game in the AHL, it's just like eh, he's just better than everyone, right? Like he's better than everyone when he has a good game. Doesn't seem like he finds the flow of the AHL uh, and dominates it as much as you were kind of hoping to see. So I think Pod Colson might be back up to the NHL a little bit sooner. Uh, but I I wouldn't be shocked to see the two Neils spend the rest of the season there. I, I don't think anybody has a problem with that, no. right? 
you know who would have a problem with that is Huglander's agent. Mm. He wants that because Huglander needs a deal after this year. If he finishes in the AHL, we're not talking about a, a big raise coming for him. So could be good for the Canucks, actually, long-term. Uh, aside from that, the feeling around the organization on Archer Seelov's quads. Uh, sorry, Kevin Punter would like to know if Rathbone's still getting power play time. Yep, second power play unit. Okay. He's uh, behind Willanen. Has his development been derailed a bit, Kevin asks. I don't. Yeah, derailed from some injuries, uh, derailed from COVID. Yeah, it's it's been derailed. I mean, difficult run for him. Obviously, you you really liked what he did last year. He hasn't really stepped into that role just this year yet in the AHL because Wallenden's there and he's ripping it up. So it's a tough spot for Rathbone. He's not the top offensive defenseman anymore. <laughs> Someone brought up that Tanner Pearson's coming back soon. Yeah. So Pud Colson won't get in the lineup. No, I think he will when the Lockwood swap happens, or if they want to use Pod Coles in a fourth line. I, I think they. I think but we'll why? see. Why? Why use him in a fourth line role? I don't know. Just I anyways, just, I think he like I wanted him to build confidence and be great in the AHL, and he's been good. He he also recognizes what he needs to work on. When I talked with him, and you can uh, you can actually hear the full chat with Vasily Pod Coles on the Patreon. Uh, what's the Patreon? Patreon.com Patreon. Patreon. slash Canucks Convo. Five and ten dollars okay. tiers get you all the bonus content. Full interviews there with uh, with Vasily Pod Coles and I had with uh, him in a post game. But one of the things he mentioned was like he still knows that he needs to shoot more, and that's so clear. Like when he shoots and he has a good shot, it's like wow, he has something here, but he just doesn't use it enough. But you cut me off trying to talk about your boy. Listen, the feeling around uh, on uh, on Archer Seelovs, there's a lot of extreme positivity. Coming out from this Abbotsford team and the folks around it about what Seelaws is doing as a 21-year-old in the AHL doing what he's doing. I'll tell you what, it's not uh, it's not just the fans or the coach. There's people around that, uh, that Abbotsford team that are very happy. Actually, you know what? Around the whole Canucks organization that are very happy about the... The challenge that was presented to Archer Seelovs there. Listen, it was a challenge. He's 21 years old, and he was gifted the starting role with not even like a, a situation even where Mikey DiPietro had a, a good AHL backup. They had an ECHL guy behind it. They still do. They have an ECHL guy behind Seelovs. So they're rolling with Seelovs. They're giving him as many games as possible. And he has been electric of late. So your boy, Archer Seelovs, hell of a run for him. Okay. They're, ha- they're really happy with him. The Me folks too. out there. I, I might have to get out there, chat with them about... Uh, the success he's had this year. Okay, uh, Betway wrap-up. Get us out of here. All right, not a lot of Betway's uh, coming today. Just um, if you hit the under, you're hitting it probably here. All right, let's get these bets up. Oilers Nation, those guys over there, the Oily boys. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, over 2.5 shots. I think he's going to have a good matchup against the, the, the depth of the Ducks, which is extremely lacking. So plus 110 on the over on shots, 2.5. Uh, and then I got the big one, Oilers to win over 6.5 total goals and Connor McDavid to score in this game, plus 275. A couple little Betway bets for you there to wrap it up. Oilers stuff. They love this stuff over there in the uh, Oilers nation. So uh, bet responsibly, right? You Must said, be 19 years of age or older. Please play responsibly. You said Betway like twice there. No, I know. I'm not uh, I'm not on a full, uh, full I'm caffeine. The, I'm not on the Betway grind right now. Not the... Uh, Oh, gosh. Here we go again. <laughs> With Tyler Yeremchuk and on the podcast listeners. Yeah, what the heck uh, Yeremchuk Alex, doing on here? Alex put Oilers Nation Every Day's logo with Tyler Yeremchuk behind Faber on the green screen. I had a couple of spicy margaritas with Yeremchuk in Montreal. Nice. Yeah. It was I was a fir- one of the first drinks I've had that was like jalapeno in- involved with it. Huh, I've never had and that. it was pretty good. We also had some Montreal mules. 
Okay. Had a couple of those with him, too. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Allard, my name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Wrap it up. Bet way, bet way, bet way. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 